What's up, everybody? My name is Pastor Jeremiah. Um, I'm the pastor over a bunch of stuff, so I'm just a pastor. Um, but yeah, I, I forget sometimes because, you know, we come into Wycliffe, and every time I come into Wycliffe, there's beautiful new faces and awesome new people. You guys are growing. I love it. Give yourselves a hand for that. That's amazing. <laughs> It's like I need a new introduction every time. I'm like, oh, hi, how you doing? I never met you. I never met you. It's like 50 new people every single time. It's amazing. It's amazing. I just want to also honor and bless uh, Pastor Marlon and Michelle. Yeah, give them a hand. It's beautiful to see the campus that they are invested into and they are loving on and they are growing. You can just see them through all of you. I know you may not notice it, but that big smile and that warm hug that Pastor Marlon is always keeping in his back pocket, no matter what's going on, is, is radiating through all of you. And it's, it's really beautiful. It really is. So I just want to bless and honor them and thank them for allowing me to be here with you. Hang out with their family for a minute. I promise I won't tear up the furniture too much. I'm just going to be, be chilling, all right? Amen? All right, y'all ready to get into the word? Cool. Amen. All right. So the title of my message today is called Watch the Walls Fall. Everyone say, Watch the Walls Fall. We're going to be talking about Joshua. And Joshua was in command of the Israelites after Moses, right? We saw Moses deliver them from Egypt. We saw Moses deliver them from Pharaoh. But after they got out into the wilderness, some nastiness kept them stuck there. Nastiness in their heart their disobedience, their unwillingness to trust in the Lord, their unwillingness to be completely dependent upon, the, upon God, their unwillingness to say, okay, you know what? This situation looks bad, but we're still going to trust God because we know he freed us from Egypt. They started to lose their way. And so they spent 40 years in the wilderness. And it says that the generation that came out of Egypt never got to see the promised land. But Joshua came along, and he was the one that God said, okay, you got the clear. Take them in. Let's go take the promised land. And so he began to enter into the land, enter in against the Canaanites, and amazing things started to happen. Joshua was not going to play the same game that Moses did. He was like, we're not doing the the disobedience thing. We're going to follow the rules exactly to the T of what God said, because I'm going to see my promise. Amen? Amen. Look at somebody and say, I'm going to see my promise. <laughs> I'm not going to miss mine. I, because it was crazy. You think they got brought out of Egypt, something that was insurmountable, something that was impossible, and then they lost their way. That would be horrible. Imagine being freed from Egypt and you never got to see the promised land. That's awful. We don't want to be that. So I want to read this in Joshua, um, Joshua 5. Joshua 5, 14, or no, 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 sorry, 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 I'm sorry. Let me go back a little bit. Sorry, guys. Joshua 5, 9. It says, then the Lord said to Joshua, today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. So today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. When we said that prayer, when we ask the Lord to come into our hearts, when we ask the Lord to be the king of our lives, to be in a relationship with us, when we ask that, he rolled away the reproach of what you have previously been in. 
You ever seen the TV shows I said previously on? It doesn't matter anymore. Your previously on the episode of your life is over. It says he rolled away the reproach of Egypt. He rolled it away. So when you say that prayer, when you say, Lord, make me new. Lord, wash away my sins. Be the Lord of my life now. I don't want to talk the same way that I used to. I don't want to make the same decisions that I used to. I want to live for you now and live for you alone. Be the Lord of my life. When we say that, the reproach of Egypt is rolled away. Amen? So Joshua began to lead the Israelites into Canaan. They crossed the Jordan. They made their way in, and the first city that they encountered was Jericho. It was a stronghold, walls as high as you could see, impenetrable city, violent military force inside. No way you could ever touch the city of Jericho. It was insurmountable. It was an obstacle in the way of their path that there was no way could be moved. There was no way that it could be moved. And the Israelites made their way up to Jericho. And as Joshua was approaching, the angel of the Lord came. He saw the angel of the Lord and he said, who are you? And the angel told him, he said, you know, I'm the commander of the army of the Lord. And I don't know about you. I would be freaking out, right? If you said, I'm the commander of the army of the Lord. And that's exactly what Joshua did. He got down on his face. He said, oh, my gosh, please don't kill me. And he asked the angel, he said, are you for me or are you for my enemies in Jericho? Are you for me or are you for my enemies in Jericho? And the angel of the Lord replied to Joshua and he said, I'm not for either of you. Neither. And I'm here to deliver you a message. And if you obey this message, the walls of Jericho will fall. You see, sometimes church... When we have to face something tough, when we reach that Jericho in our spiritual walk, when we reach that Jericho, that standing in between us and our promise on the other side, in our mind, in our natural way of thinking, in our human way of thinking, we think that, oh, okay, God's going to give us a, a huge bazooka weapon to blow the walls down, and, and I'm going to blow the city up, and, and we're going to fight, and I'm going to do And you start to think human mindset, right? You start to think in your own ways on how you can handle this situation. You start to think in your own methods of how you can handle the situation. And this is what Joshua was faced with when he met the angel of the Lord. He said, am I going to be obedient and listen to what he says, or am I going to go fight and try to do it our way? And this was the same predicament that Moses and the Israelites had faced. And the reason they were stuck and the reason they couldn't move forward because they couldn't be obedient. And so Joshua knew that coming into this situation. And so when the angel of the Lord told him, hey, I'm not going to go over there and cut this wall down with my huge sword. I'm sure there was a little bit of disappointment. I'm sure there was a little bit of like, ah, really? Come on. Can you please just, you know maybe kick down a part of the wall so we can walk in? Can you just maybe kick down a little bit of a couple of rocks, blow something up? Like, help me out just a little bit, right? (laughs) But Joshua had to be obedient. And the angel of the Lord told him, he said, for the next six days, I want you to just walk around the walls of Jericho. Take your people and walk around the walls. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. Just walk around the walls. And on the seventh day, 
walk around one more time. We know God loves the number seven. That's the number of completion. He said, on the seventh day, walk around that wall one last time and then raise a shout unto heaven and praise the Lord and watch the walls fall down. And so that's what Joshua did. He walked around those walls with the Israelites day after day after day after day after day. And on the seventh day, they raised a cry unto heaven. And they watched those walls crumble. They watched them fall. In church, we have to make a decision in life. And we have to decide if we're going to be Christians that when we reach the Jerichos in our walk, when we reach the Jerichos, those, those nasty habits that are standing between us and our promise, those ways that we used to handle situations that are standing between us and our promise, those addictions that are standing between us and our promise, those bad attitudes, those lack of faith, those, whatever it is that's standing in between you and your promise, we have to decide if we're going to be obedient and allow God to use us and do what he wants to do in our lives so that we can crash those walls or if we're going to try to run into them and fight them in our own strength. And today I want, us to give, I want to give you all a challenge because I want us to get really good at this. Because we all face walls. You're going to face one. You might not feel like there's a Jericho in front of you right now, but there will be. There will be. Just live long enough. I know y'all, y'all know, right? There's going to be a family member that is a Jericho. There's going to be a work situation that's a Jericho. There's going to be a relationship that's a Jericho. There's going to be an addiction that is a Jericho. They come every single time. And the enemy will try to put those in your path. But you know what I want to challenge us today is getting really good at watching the walls fall down. Amen? Amen. Amen. So today we're going to go through what we learn and what we gain in the challenges as we walk around the walls of Jericho. When the Lord tells us to walk around those walls of Jericho. And what I want to do today is challenge you to fast. What I want to do today is challenge you to fast. Why? Because we want to deny ourselves and align with heaven the same way that the Israelites did, the same way that Joshua did. When he talked to that angel of the Lord, he had to to deny what he thought was going to happen because he thought, oh, the, the commander of the military of angels is here. We about to do it our way. We're going to take them out. But the angel said, no. I'm not with you or with them. I'm giving you this command of what God told you to do. And so today, start today. And for the next seven days, I want to challenge you to fast. I want to challenge you to fast. And it doesn't have to be the same thing every day. It doesn't have to be food. It doesn't have to be so. Whatever it is, fast. Deny something in your life for the next seven days. Deny something in your life for the next seven days. Learn these steps and watch the walls fall down in that Jericho you're facing today. Amen? All right. So, y'all with me? Okay. (laughs) I see a couple of you like, "Mm, yeah, (laughs) this room's a little too small. I don't want to be able to just stand up and walk out. I don't, people going to see me if I walk up out of here. (laughs) But just just nod your head. You know you ain't going to go home and do it. It's okay. I'm just kidding. So on day one, on the first day, just like the Israelites, 
we're going to get up, we're going to deny ourselves, and we're going to be obedient to God. And I love this verse in Matthew 16, 19. It says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So we have to get up, put our shoes on, start to deny ourselves, and start that walk. We got to start that walk around that wall. Start that walk around those walls of Jericho. And as we walk, you need to start binding stuff up in the spirit. You need to start letting the spirit know that, guess what? I'm going to do this. I'm denying myself. I'm denying what the devil has to say. And I'm going to bind these things in heaven because my Lord is seated in heavenly places. And that is where I fight. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I love those two. Second Timothy, Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Say that with me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. You have to wake up in that first day and you say, you know what? I'm binding these things up in the spirit on earth as it is in heaven. Guess what? God, I am here. I'm letting the spirit know. I'm letting the enemy know. I'm letting myself know that guess what? I'm doing this. I will watch these walls fall. I don't care what they look like. I don't care how crazy it might sound. I'm going to do this and I'm going to watch the walls fall in my life because I'm not going to stand on this side of my promise and let some Jericho stand in between me because I serve a God that's much bigger than that, a lot bigger than that. I'm not scared of it. I'm not afraid. That's day one. You get up and you let the enemy know. You let the spirit know. I'm here. I'm here for this. I'm here to walk around. You don't even got to say it out loud if you, don't, if you can't. Maybe you can. Maybe you scream it. <laughs> Maybe you got to wake up and scream it. Say, I'm getting you out of here. But maybe you're not quite there. Maybe you just whisper it. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. No, that don't work. Look, so she said, that ain't working for me. I got to get up. I like it. I love it. Second day you got to establish the kingdom of heaven around you and align yourself with God's will. Second day when you get up, align with heaven. In Matthew 6, 9 through 13, we see the Lord's Prayer. And I love it because, you know, a lot of times it's used in, like, Catholic church and before sports games. And people don't really understand that these seven petitions embody everything that we want as a Christian. And so we wake up on that second day and we say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We exalt your name, Father, above everything, above it all. We exalt your name, Father. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, God. We want to see the will of heaven established right now. We don't want to wait until we die. We're not just trying to find eternal security, God. We want heaven to come right now. We want heaven in our family. We want heaven in our workplace. We want heaven in our relationships. We want your will to be done and your kingdom to come right now on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day 
today our daily bread. I don't need the bread of this world. I don't need what's on TV. I don't need what's on social media. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses. That's the easy part. As we forgive those who trespass against us, you can't walk forward if you're holding on to something against somebody else. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation because we know how weak we are when it comes to that and forgive us and deliver us from evil even when you made them we make that mistake we acknowledge and we say that you paid for it already on the cross so I don't got to stay in this mess no matter what it is it's not sitting over me I'm aligning myself with heaven on day two align yourself with heaven Day three, on day three, we have to uproot the programming of this world. I preached this message at our, at our youth group on Thursday. Kendall's on day three right now. But we have to uproot the programming of this world. Because, you know, when God tells you something, it's not going to match up with what this culture tells you. It's not going to align with what your friends are telling you. It's not going to align with what your family has historically done. How your dad taught you to handle things. How your mom taught you to handle things. It's not always going to be the same. You got to break that. I love the story. <laughs> this is fun. This is, this is one of my favorite moments in the Bible because I like this kind of like Jesus clapback. But <laughs> in Matthew 16, 23, we see Jesus sitting at the table you know, they're all eating their food with the disciples. And <laughs> Peter should have just sat there and ate his food. But he didn't. Because Jesus was telling them, hey, disciples, guess, guess what? I'm going to get ready to die. Just want to let you know. I'm about to die. This is what's going to happen. You don't have to be sad. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to get upset. Jesus was like, I'm about to get ready to go to heaven and be with my father. Don't get mad. And of course, Peter, man, it's like, Peter, you should have just sat there, ate your fish and bread, and, and accepted what Jesus was saying. Could you imagine being in the presence of Jesus and having the audacity to go against what he said? Like, this was after he's done a lot of miracles. Like, he's raised some people from the dead. He's done some amazing things. And Peter really was like, nah, nah, God, that's not what's going to happen. He, but he, it was from a good place. He just didn't want to see Jesus die, but still he should be quiet. But he said, Lord, no, you're not going to die. You're not going to live. Nobody's touching you. We'll protect you. We got you, Jesus. You ain't about to die. And what did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. <laughs> and you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Get behind me, Satan. You don't have the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Now, on the third day, I'm not telling you to sell your, your family members or your friends or, or your people around you to call them Satan. Don't call them Satan now. But on that third day, when they see you fasting, when they see you denying yourself, when they see you acting differently, when they see you saying, I'm not going to go the way the world tells me to handle this. I'm being obedient and they say, that doesn't make any sense. Why are you doing that? 
Maybe they'll mock you. Maybe they'll say you look stupid. Maybe they say you're unwise. You really think you're going to go in that church on a midweek service and get deliverance? You really think you can be healed without all these drugs? You really think that that relationship that was broken can be fixed? They might mock you. They might doubt you. But I love this verse in Psalm 118.6. It says, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? I want you to look at your neighbor today and say, what can man do to me? My mom used to snap her fingers with it. Yeah, what can man do? I remember as a kid. <laughs> what can man do to me? If the Lord is on your side, it doesn't matter how much they mock you. It doesn't matter how much they doubt you, how much they disagree with you, how much they try to throw the culture and the ways of thinking of this world in your face. If the Lord is on your side, they can do nothing to you. And on that third day when you walk around, on that third day when you deny yourself, on that third day when you're being obedient, you look those people in the face and you might not call them Satan, but say, get behind me. Because the way you're thinking is of this world. And I don't think according to that. And when I'm walking in God's will, when I'm walking under his covering, I don't need to worry about how you think. It might not make sense. It's not supposed to. I'm salt and light of this earth. It's not supposed to look like you. My flavor stands out. You got to be okay with that. That's day three. On day four, this is hard because we have to surrender to God. You know, it's like when you start a workout routine and it's like, man, this is fun. I'm doing great. First few days, like, yeah, I'm doing good. But then when you hit day four, you in the middle, right? It's like the middle of your work week, like, ah, uh, I didn't got through the first few, but I still got three more to go. Like, oh, no, nah, I can't do this no more. You wake up and he's like, man, I want a cheeseburger. <laughs> man, I miss that Facebook page. I like talking trash in the comments. I like, <laughs> how am I supposed to gossip if I don't look at all the people's Facebook page? I don't even got any fuel to talk about people at work. That fourth day you wake up, you be like, man, I don't want to do this no more. But on the fourth day, you teach yourself to have faith and surrender. You teach yourself complete dependency. And you stand up and you put your shoes on, just like them Israelites did. On the fourth day, walk around that wall. They looking at it. Nothing's changing. Nothing's moving. There's no difference from day one to day four. I can imagine they're getting pretty discouraged at this point. Some of them. Joshua was with it. But I can, I can, I'm pretty sure the people in the back were like, man, this is the fourth day. Ain't nothing moving. But I want you to speak this over yourself in Philippians 4.13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. On that fourth day, fill that verse, put that verse in your mind. Fill your heart with that verse. Fill your mind with that verse and say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Not through my strength, 
If it was through my strength, I would have been ate that cheeseburger. If it was through my strength, I would have been stopped walking around this wall because nothing's happening. Nothing's changing. Jericho's still in the middle of my heart. Jericho's still in the middle of my walk. And I can't see my promise right now because there's walls in between it. But you have to look at that and say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Really ingrain that into your mind. Really ingrain it into your heart. Because if you don't, you'll fail. Day four, you'll probably quit. That's probably the highest day for quitting percentages. Day four. Does anybody in here like sports documentaries? Anybody? Yeah, some sports doc people. I'm like so into sports docs right now. I, bruh, like it doesn't even matter what the sport is. I don't even care. Tell me about the table tennis star from 1976. Like, I want to know what they were eating. I love to see what happened when they, their ping pong bracket broke and they're freaking out, and, but they still won. And, like, I love them. I love it. They got a disgruntled coach. They got something crazy going on. I love it. Super into those right now. But I just watched one recently uh, about the Florida Gators and their 2007-ish era. And it was an amazing documentary, and it talked about their triumphs, and they talked about how Coach Urban Meyer came and just completely turned the team around. But in the documentary, it was so amazing because his first season, when he got hired to be the Gators coach, he lost three games. And in the documentary, he said, he said, you know what? I thought either I was going to get fired or I was going to quit. He said, I thought I was going to be up out of there after his first season. And had he quit, had he got fired, had he given up, they wouldn't have gone on to win two national championships and completely turn around the program and the trajectory of who they are to this day as a team. And it spoke to me so clearly. It said he didn't stop. He didn't stop seeing the promise. Even though it looked bad in the moment, even though on day four it didn't look like anything changed, he still lost three games. He got brought in to save the team, and he still lost. You walked around on that day four, and the wall is still there. But he didn't lose sight of the promise. And if he did, it would have never happened. Would have never happened. And that's a word for everybody in here is that there's a promise on the other side of that wall. Don't quit. Don't quit. It's right there. It's right there. Just hold on. I know this stuff can seem daunting. I know the Bible at times can be like, man, this sounds great, but where is it at? I understand. But don't quit. Look at your neighbor and say, don't quit. It's right there. And on the fifth day, on the fifth day, I, wanna, I want you all to ask for the perspective of heaven. Ask for the perspective of heaven. On that fifth day, you're starting to come over that hump a little bit. Ask for the perspective of heaven. Get more sensitive to what he's saying. Get more sensitive to what the Spirit is trying to do in your life. I love the verse, Ephesians 1.17. It talks about the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Gain the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So on that fifth day, getting tired. <laughs> fifth day, start walking. Start walking around that wall. Ask for the perspective of heaven. Say, God, allow the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come into my heart and open the eyes of my heart. 
Lord, open the eyes of my heart. Give me the spirit of wisdom. Give me the spirit of revelation. I want to see through your eyes. Lord, I want to hear things the way you hear them. Allow me to see people the way you see them. Give me the perspective of heaven that looks at this situation that I'm dealing with, that looks at this wall that's in front of me, and it makes it look tiny. Give me that perspective, God. Why? Because the spirit of wisdom, what it'll do is it'll say, hey, remember all those times that you were about to quit? Remember all those times when you felt alone? Remember that time you felt suicidal? Remember that time you were addicted? Remember that time when you were in that abusive relationship? Remember that time when you were a horrible person and you thought she was going to be that forever, but now you're not because the reproach of Egypt was rolled away? You remember that? The spirit of wisdom will say, look at that. Look at all that he's done. And then you'll look at the thing that's in front of you and it won't seem so large anymore. And then the spirit of revelation will say, hey, guess what? I have a promise for you. Let me show you it. Let me show you that promise that's right in front of you. Let me show you that promise that's standing in front of you, just on the other side of that tiny little wall. And it won't seem like a big deal. It won't seem like a problem. It won't seem like this crazy, insurmountable situation anymore. Because you'll see things through his eyes. One of my favorite verses, Hebrew 11.1, 1, it says, Faith is the assurance of things you have hoped for and the absolute conviction that there are realities you have never seen. Everybody just close your eyes for a second. Lord, we are convinced. We are convinced that we know you will give the things we have hoped for. And we are absolutely convinced that there are realities that we have never seen. Amen. There are realities we have never seen. You have to have that conviction. You have to have that conviction to understand that even though you might not understand that wall in front of you, even though you might not see a way around it, even though you might not see a tangible way for it to fall down, that there are realities you don't understand. And the reality of heaven is completely different from what your eyes can see, from what your mind can comprehend. It's hard because as humans, we like to pretend we're God. I talked about that last time I was here. We like to sit on his throne. But in reality, we have nothing. We don't have the power. We don't have the control. We don't have the ability. So we have to get off of his chair and say, you be God. You be the Lord of our lives. Because I'm completely convinced that the reality that you see through is way different than the reality that I see through. And the thing that's in front of me is nothing to you. We have to walk in that. We have to believe that. On the sixth day is when you get excited. In Romans 12, 11, it says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Romans 12, 11. On the sixth day, get excited. Walk with a little pep in your step. You get to do a little dance as you walk down the way. I'm walking around. I know it's coming. I know I'm almost done. I don't know about you, but if you ever do a workout with me, the first, like, let's say we're doing seven rounds. The first five rounds, I'm going to be very like, okay, whatever. I'm going to be dragging through it. But on that one right before the end, oh man, 
I'm superhero mode. I'm going crazy. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to finish my sets. I'm going to walk around. You can see, you probably see, they're probably jogging. They're like, okay, let's go. Let's go, Joshua. Let's go. Let's go. Get excited. Get excited because you know it's coming. You know you're about to break these walls down. You know God's going to do something in your life. You know God's about to break them down. You know God's going to get it right. You know he's here. You know he's excited about your life. You know you're about to see your promise. You got to get excited. Church, you have to get excited. It's the sixth day. Never lose fervor. Never lose that zeal. Don't get lazy now. It's day six. It's about to be done. Get excited. He's about to tear them walls down of Jericho. That stronghold that's been in your life, that stronghold that seems insurmountable, that stronghold where the walls are sky high, he's about to break them down. You're about to be there. Get excited. And on the seventh day, walk around one last time. Walk around one last time. Next Sunday, walk into this room. Walk into this room. Understanding that it's happening today. Walk through this room. I can just see the Israelites walking around, standing up tall. You ever seen a football team walk into the game that knows they're about to win? Walking in tall. Come into this room. Find your seat. And you get ready to worship and scream and praise him. Why? Because you know those walls are about to fall. You didn't spent the last seven days being obedient. You've been spending the last seven days letting the Spirit know, binding things up in heaven, aligning yourself with heaven on day two, reprogramming and uprooting the programming of this world on day three, teaching yourself complete dependency on day four, understanding that He is the King. And gaining the perspective of heaven on the fifth day. Getting excited on the sixth day. Not losing energy. Staying up and at it. And on the seventh day, you walk into this room. You walk into this room. And you raise your voice to heaven. You sing it out with all your heart. You scream it out if you have to. Why? Because when you do, you're going to watch those walls crumble. And it says in the book of Joshua that when the Israelites watched the walls fall, they went in and they destroyed that city, burnt it to the ground, everything. There was no trace left. Got rid of all of it. Didn't even take treasure. Said everything's unto the Lord. Nobody grab anything for yourself. Why? Because they were obedient. They said, we're not going to do it the way we think is right. We're not going to handle things the way they've done in the past. We're going to listen to God. We're going to submit, and we're going to watch those walls fall. Amen? So today, as I close, I want to read Psalm 40, verse 3. It says, he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. They're going to put their trust in him. Why? Because they're going to see you, and they're going to see that Jericho that was in your life before, and they're going to watch you walk on by and keep on going straight towards your promise with a smile on your face, shoulders back, looking lighter. They'd be like, where'd you go on vacation? 
And you say, no, 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 no. I got a new song in my mouth. I got a song unto the Lord because he's been faithful. He's been good. He held true on his promises. The word that he spoke, it didn't return void just like he said it wouldn't. Just like he said it wouldn't, he was there. And that Jericho that's been sitting there, standing in between me and that promise, that Jericho that's been taunting me, that's been holding me back, I just watched the walls crumble. So he gave me a reason to sing a new song. I'm going to praise in a different way. I'm going to lift my hands in a different way. I don't care if I look stupid. Why? Because God has done the unthinkable in my life. I don't care if I don't look like you. I don't care if I don't, I'm not worshiping in an acceptable way to what you're used to. Why? Because he destroyed Jericho. Think I care if you think I look stupid? I, he destroyed Jericho in my life. I'm going to jump up and down and scream and praise him and say, God, you are the almighty. Thank you. And so today, you all got Jesus in your heart at the beginning. Egypt has no reproach on you anymore. But I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you for the next seven days to walk around those walls and bring that Jericho down. And if you accept that challenge today, I won't be here next week. So if you accept it today and then don't do it and next week you just pretend, that's fine. But really, this is amazing. We should get really good at this as Christians. We really should. Because it would break a lot of stuff down that doesn't need to be there. We should get really good at this as a church. We should get really, really good at this that when we see a Jericho, it doesn't even phase us. So, you know, I know exactly what to do. Let me get my seven days. I'm ready. I'm going to go on this walk. If you accept that challenge today, I want you to stand to your feet and join me at the front. I want to pray for you before we get out of here. If you accept it today, say, you know what, for the next seven days, I'm getting rid of it. I'm breaking it down. I'm taking that walk. And as you make your way up here, I'm just going to pray over all of us today. As I pray this prayer, I just want you to hold your hands out and accept what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Jesus, come in the room right now. Fall over every heart and every mind in this moment right now, God. Lord, I thank you that we are getting ready to see the walls fall down. Holy Spirit saying the walls are getting ready to fall down. Saying you don't have to fight. You don't have to try to do things in your own strength. You don't have to try to do things according to your mind and what you've been taught. He's saying right now, be dependent upon me. Be dependent upon me. Allow me to work. You just be obedient. You just align yourself with what I'm telling you to do. You just be obedient and watch the walls fall down. This is a position of peace. This is a posture of peace. You don't have to fight. Put your weapons down. Put your guard down. This is a posture of peace.
This is a posture of surrender. You don't have to worry about it. You sit back and watch these walls fall down. You sit back and smile. You sit back and have joy. You sit back and relax and understand that these walls are getting ready to come down and all you have to do is be obedient. You don't got to fight for it. You don't got to yell for it. You don't got to do nothing. Sit back and be obedient. Let me fight. And Jesus, I just pray over these people right now, God. I ask that each and every day as they walk through this journey, as they walk through this fast, as they walk through this Jericho, walk around these walls, that they will learn something new each and every day, that they will be drawn closer to you each and every day on the first day, God. Allow them to bind things in heaven, God. Allow them to bind things in the spirit and let the devil know that they are here for their promise and that they won't quit. They're here for their promise. This is day one, church. Everybody say, I'm here for my promise. Lord, allow them on the second day to align themselves with heaven. Say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Allow them to align their hearts that day, Father, with heaven. To see the will of heaven be done in their lifetime. To see the will of heaven be done in the people around them. God, on that third day, allow that programming of the world. Those nasty ways of thinking. Those nasty ways of handling business. Allow it to be uprooted, Father. Jesus, I pray an uprooting is taking place, God. An uprooting is taking place in their hearts right now, God. And uprooting is taking place in their hearts or in their minds right now, God. They don't have to worry about who's talking. They don't have to worry about what the opinions of this world are. Because if you are on their side, what can man do to them? Father, on that fourth day, I pray that they will be able to surrender. Surrender and be dependent upon you. Understand that they can do all things through you who gives them strength. They will get off your throne, God. On that fifth day, I pray the spirit of wisdom. I pray the spirit of wisdom will fill them. Fill them and change their attention to the things that he's brought them through. Change their attention to the things that he has done in their life and remind them that he will do it over and over and over again. And that spirit of revelation will fill them and it will fill them in a new way, in a new understanding of who you are in their life. And it will show them that these walls look like little toys to the king of heaven. That there is no weapon formed against them that shall prosper. And Lord, I just pray a spirit of excitement and joy to fall upon them on that sixth day as they get ready to walk around that last time, that Saturday, before they get ready to walk back in this room, God. I pray that that excitement will fill them. I pray that that laziness will run up out of their life and that it will be filled with excitement. Excitement will kick laziness out the door and they'll say, you better get ready because it's coming. You better get excited because all this time that you've been walking around, all this time that you've been walking around these walls waiting for him to fall, it's about to go down. And I just pray a spirit of joy and a spirit of excitement to fill them, that they will be so excited. Like it's Christmas tomorrow. (laughs) And on that last day, God, 
I just pray next Sunday as they come into this room that this house will be filled with a new song that this house will be filled with a new song of worship and a new song of praise and a new song of freedom because they have seen and they have tasted the goodness of heaven, that they have seen the power of our Lord and Savior to break down each and every wall that was standing between them and their promise. And as they scream out a sound of praise, as they yell out a sound of praise, God, next Sunday I just ask that you will break down the walls, break down any spirit that has come against them, that you will be breaking chains, Father, that you will be breaking generational curses, God, that you will be breaking reproach, God, that you will be breaking anything that stands between them and their promise in the name of Jesus. You will be breaking it down and they will walk in a new level of freedom and run towards their promise because there will be nothing standing in between them. We thank you for this freedom, God. We thank you that you are all powerful. We submit to you today. And Lord, finally, we just ask that you help us get good at this, God. Help us get good at watching the walls fall. Understanding and resting. When we see those Jerichos pop up, we don't got to be scared. We don't got to worry that you're getting ready to do something. We can be happy because we know these walls are about to fall down. We don't got to get ready to fight. We don't got to get anxious. We'll be restful. We'll have peace. Jesus, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for this house. I thank you that we are going to watch walls fall. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, amen. So... All right, now, I'm not going to be here next Sunday, but I want you all to run up to Pastor Marlon and Michelle, and I want you to tell them what happened. Yeah, you scream in their face. <sighs> Jericho came down. Tell them what fell down, seriously. And I want you to tell each other, too, because we need to build each other's faith in that way. Share testimony with one another. Say, man, I've been dealing with this Jericho for a long time, and it's gone. Really commit to it this week. Really commit to it. And next Sunday, I want you all to walk in here excited to share the goodness of what God has done in your life. Amen? Amen. We'll live right, love everybody, pray hard. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Have a blessed day.